It's like playing Madden, like, but in Madden. Wingstop, 20-piece. See, he drums only. This team on flats. Stafford's been the best quarterback I've played with. Um, the guy can flat out play. Man, I can always do work, bro. I can always do work. Y'all know what I am. Round six, pick 200. I can always get work. Uh, the, the, the two Murray boys are back in the Iron Gate studios. Good to have at least you guys in the same location. I'm out here in Chicago. We're talking a little week nine NFL football, baby. It's good to be back on the airways with you boys. Uh, some winter weather here in Chicago today. What's it like in uh, the dirty glove? Pouring it's rain. Pretty, it's pretty, I mean, it's not snowing for sure. I, I saw in Chicago you guys got a little bit of snow, but it's rainy and mucky and, and pretty disgusting. So tis the season. It's not disgusting. You haven't even been outside today, Tommy. You can throw shots like that. I went to Mr. Kebab earlier and got myself a nice $10 swarm of yeah, through the, the rain. The extent of you being outside against... was walking from the car to the door of Mr. Kebab. Let, well, you want to hear something ridiculous? I went to play it against sports because I'm used to the play it against sports in Evanston having an array of free weights that I could replace the free weights that you took from me. They were my and free weights. No, they don't have any free weights at this, I didn't take at this them from uh, you. play it against sports. Those so. were my free weights. I didn't take them from you. Don't no, lie to the listeners. Um, the listeners know that I'm a fitness guru, so I just need to stay up. Shout on out that. to the Evanson. He's on the Dharma wheel. Shout out to the Evanson played against sports. Then, oh, I'll give them a shout yeah, out. Yeah, shout out. There, the guy who owns it played in my beer league in Evanston, and he was a complete hothead at, in the goaltending uh, as a goaltender. It was his beer league, um, man, not yours. That is true. That is true. <laughs> Dharma wheel broke, by the way. No Bob. way. What? <laughs> yeah. I, I was sitting you on You let Matt Fink roll on that thing? I <laughs> <laughs> probably thought I was Matt Fink. I, I took a seat on it last night and it literally just collapsed. That's because you're putting on mass. Uh, Tommy's putting on mass, dude. Not even I'm not even mass. throwing shade. Tommy's getting bigger. Don't want to pump his tires, big, but man, man he's, he's getting pretty big. Still can't beat, me in, a, still can't beat me in a wrestle, a wrestle match, but he's getting big. Also, a quick, quick shout-out to Seahome See High School Maples going up against Sterling Heights tomorrow. Big game. Yeah, baby. I'll be in attendance. Very excited. So a possible – That should be a W, a possible, eh? Sterling uh, Heights. A possible matchup with, with Groves if they, uh, if they get a W. That would be the second year in a row that they would be playing Groves in the playoffs, which is uh, kind of fun. fun. Fun little stat there. Yeah, def- definitely looking to parlay Seahome with one of these games this week, eh? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the Maples on the money line at home. They've had a great year this year. I'll tell you, man, a little a little bit relevant to the podcast, I went to that Oak Park game. There are probably four to eight guys on Oak Park that will be playing high-level college football. I'd say there might be two players on that Oak Park team that will be on an NFL roster one day. I think that I think that I would go as far as to say Book that. It. There might be two guys so- on this, this current Oak Park roster that will be on an – NFL roster one day. That team was just Throw that one in the prophecy, baby. Just built different. Yeah. Long term prophecy. Thursday night football tonight, boys. Got the Cardinals and the 49ers. The Cardinals disappointed me last week. I picked them plus twelve to cover uh, against New Orleans. I really thought that they'd be able to keep up offensively with them, but wasn't really the case. They kind of, they were on a little bit of a hot streak there. I don't know if they won three in a row, but they had won a good amount of their games in a row coming off of that Cincy game. 
and now they kind of find themselves struggling once again. I think the 49ers, it's time to really start respecting them as an elite team in the NFL. Uh, Kyle Shanahan's having a great, great season as their uh, head coach and play caller. Everything there that they've been talking about for two to three years now is finally somewhat happening, even on the defensive side where they may not have a lot of stars. They're playing really well together. Even though this thing is in the big toaster, that's not too much of a home field advantage. So I'm going to go with the the Niners comfortably. Although these Thursday night games, you never know. Yeah, I'm leaning toward the Niners as well. And still, week after week, uh, they're continuing to win without getting you know really exceptional play from Jimmy Garoppolo. Garoppolo still has yet to have a game where he really you know showed what what you know made him a valuable quarterback in New England and, and kind of showed what he did when he first got to San Francisco. Uh, you know, Garoppolo, I saw a stat that he's thrown a pick in every single game except for, um, I want to say maybe, uh, I don't know, except for one game, he's basically thrown a pick in every single game. So he's not playing well. Uh, defensively, yeah, they're overperforming it. And Nick Bosa, I think, is making a, a nice case for him to be the defensive player of the year uh, so far. He's just playing uh, unreal. So yeah, I'm leaning 49ers as well. They're kind of firing in all cylinders, and they, they really do present they present such a high floor with the play calling, the way that they're able to run the football, and then how they're going to play on defense. But I do expect this game to be relatively close, and if I had to bet, I would bet on the Cardinals plus 10.5 uh, in this game. Yeah, I'm, I'm taking the Cardinals straight up tonight, fellas. I just think this is a spot where I see this as uh, I guess I would lean 49ers as obviously as the team who should win the game, but it's a short week, divisional game. The Cardinals are at home. Um, obviously, Clep, I'm with you, and, and I expected a bit more from the Cardinals last week in New Orleans. Definitely a tough environment to play in, and you know that place was definitely jazzed with with Breeze coming back um, after missing a few weeks. Uh, this team, it, it was the fourth and one on their own 30-yard line that they didn't uh, convert, that ended up kind of being the turning point of the game where, where the, the Saints just kind of started waxing them after that. And uh, their inability, cont- you know, the, the storyline of their inability to convert in the, in the red zone um, in goal-to-go situations is, has been consistent throughout the season. So um, kind of similar to what I said on the last podcast I was on, I definitely am really excited for this Cardinals team down the road next year, um, and I still think they're going to be a tough out. But until they figure out their red zone stuff, I don't think this is a team that's going to be able to win games. But moving forward to my pick tonight, I like the fact that it's a short week. I like the fact that it's a divisional game. I do have it in the prophecy that the Cardinals will win two games in the division against two different teams this year. Um, And I just think this is a great spot for the Cardinals to kind of seize that opportunity. Um, I know I've been saying this a lot recently, I guess, but a a spot where the Niners, they're undefeated. Uh, Obviously, a loss isn't great to happen. They want to continue winning, but would not really put them uh, put them off their pace too much, I don't think, to be losing a game on a short week to kind of recalculate, come back down to earth a little bit. So I'm going out there a little bit, and, you know, I'm not betting on this game or anything crazy like that. I don't, I don't have any st- super strong conviction about it. I just kind of like the home team tonight on the, on the, uh, on the short week. And, and one little note, too, is that the, with the way that that offense is running and how quickly they get the ball out of Kyler's hand, uh, kind of can negate a little bit of the pass rush, which has been so awesome for San Francisco this year. So I think uh, the you know the, the Cardinals definitely should be in this game. I don't expect it to be a blowout, but uh, you know ultimately I'm leaning Niners. The Texans and Jaguars are in this early slot in London, and I guess my big takeaway was last week I bet the Jets and Gardner Minshew was frankly at least a better quarterback in that game than Sam Darnold was. 
Uh, if you remember, too, going back, I think it was week two or three when the Jags played in Houston. We were all really high on the Texans just to completely come in and uh, wipe the floor, and they almost came back and won if it wasn't for uh, you know inches away with Leonard Fournette on a two-point conversion attempt. So uh, I think this is shaping up to be a good one in London again, just almost like a Thursday night football game. These London games have a little bit of extra to them that you just don't really know what's going to happen. And the Texans also last week didn't, uh, exactly, they don't really win convincingly. Um, you know, I think they're a good team, they're a winning team, but I was, uh, you know, I had the Raiders covering uh, last week, and they did. This isn't a team that really um, makes statement wins, I don't think, and I think the Jaguars will hang around long enough, and I'm actually going to pick them. So uh, I'm picking the Jags here in a little bit of a risky survivor upset special here. Yeah, I, I don't really know what to think about this game. I'm not. I don't really. I'm, I don't have strong convictions about either team. Uh, I'm just leaning Texans just because uh, they they kind of find a way to win these types of games. But I, I you know, wouldn't be surprised at all if the Jaguars win. Clep, you alluded to Gardner Minshew having a, a really nice game last week against the Jets. I thought I was really you know continually uh, continue to be impressed by him and kind of the way that he can extend plays and make throws under pressure and. And really, just be a little bit of a gamer and continue that, you know, his play from what he did in college. Um, but I, you know, I don't really just my main takeaway is I don't really have strong feelings about this game either way. I just kind of expect it to be high scoring. I think both these offenses are going to roll. I really feel for JJ Watt, even though he kind of is a, a bit of a DB for him to uh, lose, you know, he tears peck and he's done for the year. So, I mean, that obviously sucks. This guy has been one of the best players in the NFL and continues to see his career kind of be hampered by injuries year after year. Uh, so that's definitely going to be a big blow for them. But both of these teams, I think the Jaguars have a better, a little bit better of a defense and the Texans have a little bit better of an offense. So they kind of match up uh, well, and I'm just going to lean Texans because they got the better quarterback in the end. Yeah, um, kind of with you, Tommy. I think this is kind of a tough game to pick. Um, I feel like Texans-Jaguars, as long as we've been doing this podcast, has been a tough game to pick, regardless of where uh, the teams are at. Um, we've got the infamous, you know, the Klepp survivor uh, week one pick from a couple years ago where the Jags are really supposed to win and they lost. It's just always a really good matchup, I feel like. And the fact that it's in London, I feel like just adds that, you know, kind of asterisk to it, too, that just makes it that much more difficult. Um, the Texans are a team that I feel like have impressed me and simultaneously disappointed me. Um, I don't know if that even makes that much sense. But at the same time, I just feel like I'm very disappointed with them at some points, but at the same time, very, very impressed by what they can do, mostly on the shoulders of Deshaun Watson. Um, I think without him, this team would be, you know, picking in the top 10. Um, This is a guy who's making his case for an MVP, probably not at the top of the list, but definitely making his case for an MVP award and having an incredible season so far. Um, My main factor in this game is the Texans' awful defense and – I uh, get all the credit to John Gruden for being a great play caller, but that Raiders offense should not have been able to move the ball at will like they did last week against the Texans. And the Jacksonville Jaguars are a team that I think Garner Minshew's done a great job of being a methodical quarterback this year. I don't think he's necessarily a guy who's going to be killing you deep on a consistent basis. Um, and I think that his methodical style of play won't be able to keep pace with Deshaun Watson's ability to strike down the field and move the ball. Um, and I just think this is a, this is a game where if the Houston Texans want to win this division, as they should, they need to win games like this. And uh, I'm kind of hanging my hat on Watson to be able to get it done. But I expect this one to be kind of low scoring and, and close in the uh, in the fourth quarter. So I'll, I'll go with the Texans here. 
the Eagles had a bit of a get right game last week against the Bills and the really, really struggling Bears are, are coming into town. And this one isn't even hard for me to pick. I think the Eagles are going to, I don't know if they'll necessarily blow the doors off the Bears, but the thing with the Bears, man, is if they get down at any point in the game, I don't trust them to, to make any effort to come back. I think their defense has been a little bit uh, overrated this year. People talk about them like, uh, you know, I don't know. They're not one of the top defenses in the league, in my opinion. I think part of it has to do with the fact that the offense fatigues them so much. And losing Akeem Hicks was a really bad uh, break for them. But I think the Bears the Bears are in full draft season mode uh, at this point. They're just too far behind uh, the rest of the teams in the NFC to make a run at the playoffs at this point. And their schedule is not going to get any easier from here. So it's it's all Eagles for me here. This one shouldn't be that difficult. Yeah, Clep, I'm with you, man. Uh <laughs> Yeah, the Bears are in draft season, but they don't really have any draft capital to, you know, take advantage of that draft season, which is kind of the, the funny conundrum. And this Eagles secondary has been one of the worst secondaries in the league, but last week I didn't really think that Josh Allen was going to be able to take advantage of it, and this week I certainly don't believe that Mitch Trubisky is going to be able to take advantage of it, especially at home. I mean, in Philly, that's going to be a, you know, a raucous environment for him to come in and, and really do something. Um but I guess I will say this is kind of a, a huge – I mean, if I'm Mitch Trubisky or if I'm someone who believes in Mitch Trubisky, this is a, a huge potential game for him to kind of turn his career around, I guess, for a little bit. I don't really believe that that's going to happen, but I just kind of – this is really – with the receivers that they have, Allen Robinson and the offensive weapons that they have, if, this was, if there was going to be a week for them to kind of explode offensively, you'd think it would be this week. But, again, that's kind of more of just me making the case for them. I, I don't expect that to happen, and I, I really do see the Eagles kind of starting to roll into form now. Um, and, and, you know, them and Dallas are going to be neck and neck, I think, for the, the winner in that division uh, come, you know, week 17. Yeah, I was really um, I was really pleased to see the, the Eagles roll the Bills like they did last week. I really kind of expected that, and they kind of ran away with it in the second half. I think they definitely were the superior team. And that was a real, that was a make-or-break game for them. Like I said last week, it was my one of my favorite picks of the season. Um, and they, they proved that they're still the Eagles. And it was kind of the debate we were getting into, Tommy, where the Bills definitely, they stifled them early, and there were some question marks early, but the Eagles ultimately prevailed, and the, all the Bears did last week was out Chargers the Chargers, and it, the Chargers ended up firing their offensive coordinator in a game that they won against the Bears, so that kind of goes to show where the Bears are at this year. I can't even imagine how divided that locker room is between the offense and the defense and the types of things that those players are saying behind Mitch Trubisky's back. God bless them. Uh, I, I, I don't know what his future is going to look like, but... This is a really, I mean, I, I don't really know anyone out there who in their right mind can have a, can form a, a great argument for why the Bears are going to win this game. I think that I'm, I, I, similar to you guys, I'm selling really hard right now on the Bears. So I, I expect Philly to win this one relatively handily. The Chiefs-Packers game was really interesting last week as the, the Chiefs were really in it until the end. And now they have another NFC North opponent coming to their house again. This one's hard for me to pick again. I think the Vikings are on just a little bit of a roll right now. Um, I, I mean, I, I know their win against the Redskins wasn't too impressive the week before, and I guess they, they really beat the doors off the Lions, but they've been playing a lot better than they have earlier on in the season. And, again, just no Mahomes. The Chiefs' defense isn't that great. I'm still just going to roll with the, the Vikings. But this one could be really close and one of the games that I'm staying away from in terms of betting. Is is Mahomes for sure out, or are they? Uh, I thought he was going to come back like week ten. I thought he was okay. A week three, three week timetable. Okay, okay, yeah. Well, I'm leaning Vikings as well. Uh, 
The Chiefs impressed me last week, not, not only offensively, but really defensively. I thought that the Packers were going to be able to really take advantage of that defense, and I thought that they showed a lot a lot more heart, and maybe the fact that Mahomes isn't in and they know that they don't have you know, the level of offense that he's going to bring to their offense, the defense knows that they have to step up and play a lot better, and I think they did that reasonably well. But I think this week the Vikings are just too much. Dalvin Cook is arguably the best running back in the NFL right now. That Chiefs run defense has been awful all year. Uh, their secondary is bad, and I, you know, I believe Adam Thielen is questionable right now. I, I would be, uh, I, I'm expecting him to play. Um, this, I think, this is going to be a really good game, but I just think the Vikings are just in a little bit uh, better form right now, and I think they have the formula to kind of go into an, a raucous Arrowhead environment and and run the football and and let Kirk Cousins continue his his you know his good play, and then this this Vikings defense I think is better than the Packers defense right now and can present a little bit more problems to Matt Moore in that offense. So I'm with the Vikings as well. Yeah, um, this is my Super Bowl prediction. So I, I think this is a really interesting spot for <laughs> spot for both teams. Uh, definitely, kind of wish Mahomes was playing in this game. A healthy Mahomes, I'd love to see that matchup. When's um, the uh, When's the Falcons Steelers game? The, <laughs> hey, don't sell on the Steelers yet. We'll We'll get to them when we get there. But um, the the Vikings, I think this is a game they definitely should win. But for some reason, I've been leaning Chiefs all week. I just feel like it'd be a very Vikings thing to do uh, to kind of come come down to earth and, and, and be 6-3 and three instead of 7-2 and two after this week. I don't know why. It just seems that way to me. And I don't want to, you know, condemn the Chiefs early, but they can't keep losing these home games. I don't care if Mahomes is playing or not. I mean, there's only so many games you get at home per year. I know they got two road games uh, in, I think, primetime spots against the Bears and the Patriots on their schedule still. So they don't have the easiest upcoming schedule. So the Chiefs really should be taking these games seriously because if they lose, they drop one game uh, over 500, which is less than spectacular in a division that, you know, could be kind of taken by storm with, with, you know, contenders still in there like the Raiders and I don't want to say the Chargers, but teams that can continue to win games. So I expect it to be a close game, but ultimately on the books, I'm picking the Vikings. I got to put faith in the team that I think is ultimately better when it's all said and done. Um, and I think the Vikings will uh, will continue to roll here. They should continue to roll and advance to seven and two. Um, so yeah, yeah, I'm leaning I'm leaning Vikings on the road here. And that, as it was spoken earlier, the Steelers are up next, baby. The Colts coming to Heinz Field. Uh, Paul Zeese, he never got back to you. Paul Zeese is a busy guy. You know, we don't. We, I don't know uh, if he read my email and ignored it. Well, that's probably the most likely. Uh, you know, outcome of what happened, or possibly he hasn't read it yet, and he'll get back to me later. But I did, I did reach out to Paul Zeese trying to get him on the podcast, talk some Steelers football, but uh, to no avail uh, yet. I think if uh, I'll say if the Colts win this week, uh, next week's podcast, we'll cold call the Post Gazette. Yeah, <laughs> call, call the call the newsroom line and see if we can get connected with Paul Zeese. <sighs> Uh, you want me to start this one off, Clep? I mean, sure. Are you are you rolling with the Steelers here? I absolutely here? am rolling with the Steelers here. Woo! I just think this is a team that is catching their stride. I'll join you. I'll join They're you. That, that gets me hyped up. Everyone, don't need your Dolan. Throw what? Throw fourteen nothing. Going, you know, go almost halftime. <laughs> it's over. It's over. It's over. Just shut up. Just shut up. I'm tired of it. The Steelers are at home. I said they're going to win this game. I said they were going to cover thirteen. They didn't cover thirteen. They pushed, but. This is a team that's got every ounce of fight left in them. I still wholeheartedly believe in Mike Tomlin as a coach. And if you erase the embarrassing 
uh, opening game of the season against the Patriots. This is a team that has lost their their three games, I think it is, by – I'm not going to look it up right now, but I was looking at it earlier. I think it's a combined under 10 points to the 49ers, the Seahawks, and um, the Ravens. Ravens. Th- th- those are three teams that are all going to be playoff teams most likely, and you're losing by a combined under 10 points. This is a Steelers team that has still got fight in them. I think Mason Rudolph is, is, is not at a point yet where I have a lot of faith in him, but he's developing as a player. And this is a defense that's going to get after it. Um, I think the Col- this is a very well-coached Colts team that has overperformed thus far. And I think this is a spot similar to the, the game they played against the Raiders where they may just trip up a little bit and, uh, and ultimately let the- lose this one. I mean, I really thought they should have lost to Denver last week. So I think everyone may be overrating the Colts just a little bit because of how well-coached they are and how good of a job Jacoby Brissett has done at quarterback. But I'm riding with my dogs here. I think the Steelers are going to take care of business at home and, uh, and keep that train moving and, and, and make everyone start talking about them instead of Cleveland. Clep, you got any more analysis to add to the, the Steelers side? I don't. I'm rolling with the Steelers, man. You can you can take right, it from well, here, Tommy. I'm on the other side, and, I, and I'm going. I'm riding with the Colts, as you alluded to, Lee. They got a much better coach, I think, right now. I think Frank Reich is one of the best coaches in the NFL. They got a better quarterback, uh, and he's not much better. Uh, it's unfair to say. I don't think it's that unfair to say, but you know, we can uh, fine. Well, he's better than him. He's a better coach than him, and we can leave it at. We can yeah, leave right it at now. that. Uh, the, we'll see on Sunday the, who's the better the coach. Colts, I completely agree that the Colts were lucky to come out with a win um, last uh, weekend when Denver came to town. But I think the Colts have a you know a, a habit of playing down to some opponents and playing up to, to other opponents. And I think the fact that they're going onto the road into a hostile environment in Pittsburgh, uh, going up against a very good defense in the Pittsburgh Steelers, I think that Frank Reich's going to have the boys ready to play. Uh, Mason Rudolph's going to turn the ball over. Jacoby Brissett isn't. Uh, it's going to be a close game, but the Colts are going to come out in the end, I think. Colts more turnovers so, than so, Steelers so. right now. You want to? You want to? Yeah, let's all prophecy. Steelers, Steelers defense. How about how about Devin Bush more turnovers than the than the uh, than the Colts? <laughs> how about how about the the Steelers defense forces more turnovers than the Colts defense? Uh, I'll Straight take up. that. I'll take that. All right. You know Mace is good. For, you know on. Mace is good for at least one. So that means that the Steelers defense is going to have to get two. You'd think. Oh man, that must be. It's going to be really hard for them to do, man. We'll see. <laughs> the the Jets and the Dolphins. Uh, we can skip this no, one, right? We're not going to skip this one because I have I have some frustrations <laughs> to air with the New York Jets. Um, I think I don't know. I, I don't know if I'm seeking for both of you guys, but I think we were conned by Adam Gase. I never really was familiar with him uh, in Miami. I kind of just looked from afar, and they they made the playoffs that one year with Matt Moore. It seemed that Gase was overperforming. Um, he in in Chicago and in Denver, he seemed to be one of the sharp young minds of the NFL. Um, but I just am not sure if this guy is is head coach material. Um, obviously, you got you got to lay some blame on Sam Darnold, who has looked really bad. That being said, their offensive line is atrocious. Uh, the defense is incredibly undisciplined. I just I don't know if that's a Greg Williams thing where all of his defenses are gonna you're you're just due to have stupid penalties that are gonna. Uh, you know, turn third downs into automatic first downs. But all of the the shine that I saw with this team in the preseason has just completely wore off. I still believe in Le'Veon Bell. I still believe in in Sam Darnold. And I I still believe, I guess, in some of the talent they have on defense. But um, this needs to be a win for them. Uh, They need to go into Miami against a team that they are clearly better than, a team that they clearly, I think, can blow the doors off of if they really want to. 
Um, and I'm expecting them to, I don't know, I'm not going to expect them to, to blow the doors off of them because maybe that's just out of their, uh, you know, out of their ability. But I do expect the Jets to win, and uh, that's just my grievances I'm going to air for right now. Yeah, I, I really don't like the Jets right now, man. Um, they, they've let me down. Uh, and now you're looking at the year one and six, and you're looking at this window of games and, that I alluded to so many times in the offseason, and you're almost thinking, like, I don't even know if I, if I, as a Jets fan, I would want them to win these games. You just would rather have a higher draft pick. It's not like you so – what are the chances of you, even if you win all the rest of the games and you end up seven and six out the window, you're, you're still not going to win out. You're, and that's just all pie in the sky. So uh, excuse me for going off on that. But, yeah, I was wrong. Um, I think Greg Williams should get fired now. I just think they, they need to get rid of him now. He's just a, a journeyman who I think his best coaching days are long far behind him. Um, and with Adam Gase, I don't love the guy, but, I mean, I think it's more of an organizational thing, man. And I'm just getting tired of the whole organization at this point. Um, this should be my survivor pick this week, but I just can't make it my survivor pick because I'd rather, you know, just pick someone else than the Jets. Um, <laughs> so, so yeah, that's kind of where I'm at right now. A lot of faith lost in this team. I think there is a sliver of, of brightness in the future, but quite honestly, I don't think there's as much brightness as there should be. Uh, with Jamal Adams and Sam Darnold, there should be a lot more to be happy about. Um, I love Le'Veon coming out, Tommy. You sent me that video of him saying for everyone to be patient and wait. That guy has been awesome ever since he's joined the Jets, which, you know, you got to tip your cap to. But I, I, don't, I don't know. I, in that division, I just think that the Bills are looking a lot more promising for the future, and we all know who the Patriots are. So I think that the Jets need to start figuring out what their identity is and, uh, and moving forward with a new one because the one they've had is, is definitely not working. And I guess the one thing that I'll just add real quick is that I, I think this this opportune window of games that they have, this is where Adam Gase needs to show me something as a, as a head football coach. And they I guess you're, you're right from, I don't want to say a tanking perspective, but it's like what's the point of them winning these games if you're just going to further lower your Yeah, I just think you would, and, you'd want to see and, Darnold you know, progress a little bit. But I don't – yeah. A, a, a completely. And the whole team needs to progress, man. I mean, like it's more than like – I just want to see something from Adam Gase because if the season were to end right now, if I'm a Jets fan, I want him gone. And I like I hate to do that to to Darnold, you know, having his third coach in three years. But yeah, I mean, the Jets are past awful. tanking. I so, mean, you tanked when you got Sam Darnold, right? I mean, yeah. now that you have your quarterback, it shouldn't really. I mean, obviously, yes, you want another high draft pick, but what, has that really worked out for you guys? I mean, you just traded Leonard Williams. I mean, Jamal Adams, you almost tried to trade him at the deadline. It's not like any of these guys yeah. that they have are no, like either chipping them off or not really committing to them full sale. So, yeah, and I guess another Joe Douglas, a new GM, is very, very well regarded as kind of the next next up guy. He was under Howie Roseman in Philadelphia and supposedly has a lot of clout with him. But I mean, again, this is like the past last year and then this year. This has all been kind of surface level things that you know. I've bought into, and I think we all have bought into to a certain extent, and it's time for that to kind of be actualized into something tangible. So, uh, Another AFC East team, the Bills, hosting the Redskins. Apparently Haskins has taken first first uh, string reps, but Redskins are a team that I think could end up 2-14 and 14 when this one's over. The Bills just beat up on teams that are, uh, you know, that they're better than. If, if, if Haskins can only score three points against the Giants defense, what's he going to do when they run into the Bills in Buffalo? Uh, Bills, easy here for me. 
Yeah, same. Bill's easy here for me, too. Uh, I completely agree with everything you just said, Clef. The Bill's defense is going to get after Haskins, and as a guy who really believed in Haskins in the draft process this past year, uh, he does not look ready for the NFL right now, and on top of that, I just think he's in a just an awful situation with that team and, and that organization. So um, if I didn't pick the Bills in, in that survivor leg against the Giants back in week three, I definitely would have picked them this this week. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm on the Bills pretty easily as well. Yeah, man, I don't have anything to say about the Redskins. I think that they're a despicable franchise. And I think them, I think them trotting out Haskins now in Buffalo for his first start, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna start him in Buffalo – in it where you're when you're one and seven or whatever it is and Buffalo's six and two, you're that's how that's who you're gonna give your first start when you have a terrible offense. I think it's disgusting. I think the Bills are gonna win by twenty probably. I think the Redskins are just a joke. They're just a joke of a franchise from top to bottom. Uh, the Titans last week beat the Buccaneers, uh, and as I alluded to last week, it kind of makes the AFC South really, really interesting. All those teams are five hundred or above. Um, you know, or five or four win teams there. So the Titans still hanging around with Ryan Tannehill. The Panthers kind of had their first uh, Kyle Allen slip up here. Uh, and again, too, I mean, the the sorry, the, the Panthers I just have not watched a lot of. And so, I mean, I don't know exactly what to think of them. I kind of thought that they would at least cover the spread last week in uh, in San Francisco, and they just got the doors blown off them. They gave up 51 points. Kyle Allen starting this week again. I think I'm going to go with uh, Tennessee just because I, I trust him a little more not to bottom out. But it, this one could go either way. I think Christian McCaffrey is probably the best player on, on either team, though. So, I mean, that that can always make a difference just when it comes down to one play. But uh, get, you know, give me the Titans. Yeah, I'm actually going to take the Panthers. I thought I'm, I'm sure Lee is going to harp on on the same thing I'm about to say. The Titans got uh, they did not deserve to win uh, last week in, in Tampa Bay. The, the refs with that whole fake field goal mess. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's but, fair. And that's not only. I mean, I just think they've been kind of fraudulent. Uh, the, I, I I was looking at some numbers. Tampa outgained them by an obscene amount. I, I just think they kind of got. The, the, the box score, I think, was a little deceiving uh, last week. And I think this is a great bounce-back spot for the Panthers. Um, I think this defense is going to look to bounce back after an awful performance against the 49ers. And them at home, uh, I just can't put my faith in the Titans, really. So I'm, I'm going to ride the Panthers. Yeah, uh, I have no idea who to pick in this game. I, I see it as kind of a coin flip. But I'm definitely going to just lean with the Panthers here. They're the home team. I think I find a little bit more stability in the Panthers. Um, obviously, last week was definitely an, an eyebrow raiser. Wasn't expecting that. Um, but uh, I, I think this Titans team is a fraud. If, if, if anyone in the league is a fraud, it's, it's the Titans. They, they don't offer that much. They're a gritty team. I think Vrabel's way in over his head as a head coach. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw him get fired after this season. Uh, I think that you can only go with Tannehill for so long. Uh, I just don't think that this Titans team offers that much that's that exciting, and it was heartbreaking to see um, my Buccaneers uh, go go down that way because that was awesome. The the you know the, the the Titans go for it on that fourth and two or whatever, and they let their the most unathletic dude on their team try to run for a first down, and he gets rattled and fumbles the ball because he never does that, and uh, and then the the, the 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 Buccaneers don't get rewarded for it, which is kind of BS, but. It is what it is, and I think Karma will get the best of the Titans this week, so I'm, I'm going with the Panthers. Yeah. 
Yeah, and if, as long as they don't turn the ball over like Jameis Winston did and Kyle Allen can kind of re- revert to his, you know, game manager mm-hmm. ways, I think they'll be fine. I saw in the first half, Tannehill had two touchdowns on like 20 yards passing because Jameis gave the ball up in the, in the red zone both times. So I don't think this offense really is going to be able to move the ball that much against Carolina. Let's and see I, what Jameis one of one had side. to say about it. <laughs> A.K.A. Jason Light, maybe. <laughs> Doesn't tweet during the games. <laughs> Can't tweet during the games. So, is, is, so that that Dude, burner account we, is just like, it is sure the, seems uh, like it. Now yeah. the burner account is offering to go on everything, like go on every form. He's like getting super defensive. It just makes me think Jason Light is just hiring someone or sending someone out to be the guy. So, whatever. That guy shouldn't even have his job, anyways. Lions at Raiders. I have a horrible icky feeling about this one. I totally earlier this week I'm picking the Raiders. I don't I don't like the spot for the Lions. I have no idea why, but I just have a really awful feeling about this game. I uh for the second week in a row I'm on the Lions, baby. Um the Raiders these teams are are kind of similar in in ways. I think I think the Raiders they they should have beat Houston last week and they kind of they were leading for the majority of the game and they kind of let Houston sneak back in the fourth quarter and, and really couldn't capitalize. And the Lions on the other side, I think their offense really just drives this team, and that's kind of why I'm picking them. I think Oakland's defense is incredibly susceptible. Um, and as long as – I mean, I just think this is going to be a high-storing game. I love the over in this game. I love over 50. I've already made my play on the Lions over 23.5 points. I think that's a lock. I think that's a lock. I think Stafford's going to be slinging it all over the place. Um, yeah, I just I think this is going to be a high-scoring game. I think both offenses are going to be relatively be able to have their way, but I think Stafford's a better quarterback. He's playing at a better level than Derek Carr. He makes more big-time plays. Uh, and the Lions, quite frankly, I think really need to win this game. I mean, the Raiders do too, but uh, I just think that the Lions hopefully maybe get a bounce-back performance from their defense a little bit and can go into Oakland in a hostile environment and get the win. I'm on the Raiders in this game. I'm fairly confident the Raiders are going to win the game. I think this is a classic spot for the Lions to lose um, on the road. The Raiders have done a lot of traveling over the last few weeks and come very close in some games. Um, I think they're going to get back right. I think this is a Raiders team that probably I would lean toward toward having a better coaching staff. Um, they're at home. I think Stafford's definitely going to get his, but my main thing about this game is I think the Lions trust their running backs a little bit too much without carry-on, and they're going to try to run the ball and, and too often. And the Raiders' run defense is actually a lot better than people think. So uh, unless the Lions come out and, and, and do what they should do, which is, you know, I'll quote Warren Sharp or whatever, not exactly, but they should be passing the ball 75% of the time in this game, and they're not going to do that. So um, I'm going to take the Raiders at home in this one in, in the Tahir Whitehead revenge game. Yeah, I was just going to say that. If the Lions lose, it's definitely going to come from a Tahir Whitehead force fumble. There is his first career (laughs) pass defense in coverage. Big Ta. (laughs) Big Ta, baby. Uh, Maybe I should wear the jersey to work. You're rooting for the Lions, but also to hear. Uh, it, it was, it was. It, let's just say it was no surprise to me that when uh, Deshaun Watson threw the ball after getting kicked in the face to Darren Fells, <laughs> that it was big time coverage. Let's just say it was no shock. The guys built like a Greek god, though. Come on, you got to give him that. <laughs> you have to respect that. Yeah, the Bucks visit the Seahawks. I'm picking the Seahawks here. I mean, the Buccaneers season, I think, is, is somewhat in the gutter now. Jameis Winston still can't. I mean, like you were saying, Tommy, his turnover issues are just unbelievable. 
Uh, he has like 15 more turnovers than anybody else in terms of like from where he started his career uh, against any other quarterback in the NFL. It's something ridiculous like that. Um, I think that the Seahawks, too, are just a much better coach team. Quandre Diggs not yet going to make his debut for them. That's probably coming next week. But uh, the Seahawks, I mean, they really did did Atlanta a favor, too. They were beating them like 24-3 to and kind of just gave up in the second half. So uh, I expect the Seahawks to kind of cruise at home against the Bucs, making that cross-country trip. Yeah, I'm on the Seahawks as well. I think both of these offenses are going to be able to score with, with relative ease. Um I don't. I mean, in terms of a betting angle, I gun to head. I'd probably take the Bucks just because I feel like they find a way to backdoor themselves into all these games, and um, they just don't. They don't really have a lot of quit in them, you know. I, I think I wouldn't be surprised if the Seahawks get a, a bit of a lead in the first half, and then Jameis is just going to be chucking the ball all over all over the field in the second half, trying to crawl this this team back into uh, you know into a victory. But I think this is more a more important game for the Seahawks. They need to keep pace with the Rams and the 49ers. So uh, I'm with you, Klepper. I'm, I'm, I'm on the Seahawks. Yeah, I'm, I hate to say it, but I'm with you guys too. I've kind of given up on the Bucks here. I think they can still rattle off a couple wins as the season get, comes to its end, but uh, don't think they're going to be turning any heads. I definitely think the Bucks are more of a live money line play than they are on the spread, to be honest. I think that... If the Seahawks win this game, they're going to cover the spread. Um, but if it's close, the Buccaneers will win this game. Uh, so I, I think that there's a little bit of uh, be a little bit of a live play for the Bucks money line. This is John Dolan's risky survivor. He's got to put that out there. Got to give give credit there to Dolan for picking the Bucks. I do like that pick. I think the Bucks can definitely play their way into this game and and, and, and you know compete. But uh, you know. There's not a lot the Bucks have done this year to to uh, you know give me a lot of confidence in them to be able to consistently pick them. So I'm going with a safer bet here at home with the uh, with the Seahawks. The uh, the Packers are traveling to L.A. and man, the Chargers are just awful. They fired Ken Wisenhunt uh, this week, and I have a I had an interesting thought when I saw that news that if if Melvin Gordon was still holding out, I bet Wiz would still have a job. <laughs> He should have just treated that man like he was still holding out when he came back because Eckler was balling, and now Eckler got like four touches against the Bears. But the Chargers have so many issues on offense. Phillip Rivers just isn't really getting it done anymore. I think the fact that he can't move in the pocket or like has no mobility at all really uh, hampers them. He still makes uh, some pretty bad decisions in terms of interceptions and, and things of that nature. Mike Williams just drops so many passes too. There's You can count like – so many times where the ball just goes through his hands, even on big like touchdown plays too. I mean, he he almost just he's like a very much boomer bust player. Keenan Allen had a few drops too against the Bears, even though he's an elite player. But it's basically Keenan Allen carrying that team a lot of the time. They just seem very one dimensional to me. The Packers, unfortunately, I mean they're a good team. They're better than I thought they were. They've also caught a ton of breaks this year. I think. I mean, going into Kansas City and not having to play Mahomes. They've just, I mean, they've gotten lucky, but a lot of times, you know, teams who go on to win Super Bowls, you, you have to have some of them bounce your way every once in a while. So, uh, you know, I think the Packers will just go in here, and it'll be a home home crowd environment there in L.A. It'll be a lot of Packers fans out in attendance. So give me the Packers by a lot. Yeah, the Packers have caught a lot of uh, breaks in the past couple of weeks and throughout the season. And, you know, if you catch a lot of breaks, there's no other team you'd want to play than the Chargers because you know that they're going to they're gonna mess up more than you are. <laughs> Uh, but you're right, Clep. The, the crowd's probably going to be 80-20 Packers fan, maybe even 90-10. Um, 
I don't know why this line is three and a half. I, I think that the Packers, uh, I, would, I'm, I think I'm going to hammer that boy. Um, and I, I talked about it last, last week. Klepp, you just alluded to it. The whole Melvin Gordon-Eckler thing, they've completely eliminated Eckler really from, from being their workhouse and their main back, and I think it really shows. And I just expect the Packers to kind of roll over the Chargers. Like you said, Klepp, this offense really uh, is, is just kind of faltering. Rivers isn't playing that well. You're right, Mike Williams drops a bunch of balls. He'll make one unbelievable jump ball catch, but then he's, he's good for about three other drops. So I just think that the Packers are too much for this Chargers squad, uh, better coached and a better team. Yeah, um, I guess I get why the line is three and a half just because the Packers have, you know, it's back-to-back road games. Uh, the Chargers are coming off a pretty exhilarating win. Their season is still alive. They've got a lot to play for. You know, call it home field if you want. Um, I'm with you guys. Uh, I think the Packers are going to handle this game. I think the Packers probably ultimately are going to end up going 13-3 and this year and, and get a first-round bye in the playoffs. So this seems just about like a game that they would uh, win en route to doing that. So uh, I, I think the Packers take care of business. They seem like a team this year. Where, I mean, yes, they have caught breaks, but at the same time, they take care of business week in and week out. You know, they beat teams like the Raiders by 20. They, you know... Um, can go on the road and win games. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers is unbelievable. Aaron Jones has been had, having an incredible year. Jamal Williams has been contributing recently. So they're, they're getting everyone to do a lot, and that defense obviously um, has stepped up. I think Mike Pettin will probably be a head coach somewhere next year. So uh, lots of believing in the Packers. So uh, I think they take care of business against a lowly Chargers team that I don't even know is going to be calling plays for them this weekend. The Browns and Broncos going head-to-head. It's Brandon Allen, Arkansas's own, uh, taking on the Browns. This, for me, is a game where if the Browns don't win this one, then Freddie Kitchens has to be one and done, right? Yeah, I, I think Freddie Kitchens should be one and done regardless, but if they don't win this one, I think you fire. I mean, I, they, I mean, they just have to win this game. This, I, They have really no excuses, I think, if they can't. I mean, obviously, you're going to Denver. That's always something that is easier you know, said than done, but you're going up against Brandon Allen, who... Wasn't really even a good college quarterback. Uh, you have all the talent. Um, you know the Browns didn't play too bad against the Patriots. I thought I, like they obviously had some some bad breaks with the fumbles and everything. But this is a team that they're clearly better than. And much like the Jets, kind of when we were talking about with them in Miami, this is they have they have the the talent and the ability to to beat this team by at least a touchdown. So I'm expecting the Browns to uh, to roll in and get a win as well. Where's Lock Club? draft that man from missouri for they did they did they draft him to, to sit on ir all year is he is he supposed to be wearing a hoodie all year is is drew lock going to be wearing a hoodie for the rest of his career that, he that looks man looks good, good in the hoodie, hoodie man he looks bro. good in the hoodie <laughs> what, what do you think the chances are that that elway run a you're, little uh, just spin the hog bro you're telling me that your starting quarterback is injured, you drafted your dude of the future somewhat, let's say. Not fully, because it was a third-round pick. You drafted him in the second. Sec- it was a, oh, second-round second, pick. Second-round pick. You Traded for Devin you, Bush you for him. Up, okay, gave up so, uh, Devin Bush for a chance so at Drew Locke and Noah Fan. And he's healthy. <laughs> he's off. You know, he's healthy. He's been claimed as healthy. And Brandon Allen is starting the game at home. What is going on? What is going on? That's all I have to say, man. Fangio hates him. Fangio, Fangio hates hate him. To hate him. I, don't, I also think it's no, it's no coincidence that Flacco criticized Fangio and then all of a sudden he's yeah. got a neck injury. Well, <laughs> you know, 
Flacco's on IR and, and Drew Locke is on the XFL shortlist. That's all I have to say because his career is not looking great right now. This is my survival pick of the week, baby. I'm still alive. I'm going with the Cleveland Browns in Denver. I will take the L wow. if Brandon Allen outduels Baker wow. Mayfield. I'm not a huge Baker guy. I was at Oklahoma. I think I think he's an incredible college quarterback, one of the best to ever do it. Um, I still think Baker Mayfield is going to be a franchise quarterback for the Browns. Maybe not ever an MVP quarterback. Maybe not ever a type of guy who's going to lead the league in touchdown or passing yards. But I kind of like the Colin Coward comparison. He's a, he's a rich man's Case Keenum, which I think is pretty hard to come by these days in the NFL. Um, I think he's taken his lick so far. He's going up against a somewhat difficult defense, to, at least schematically. And I, I like Cleveland to kind of go in and continue to keep their season alive against Denver. Um, survivor lock of the week, baby. I dare you, Brandon Allen, Mr. I outdueled Drew Locke to, to beat the Cleveland Browns at home this weekend. Yeah, Lee, I, I'm kind of, I might be on that tip as well, man. I don't know. Yeah, it's, wait, it's a rough I'm week waiting for survivor. your survivor pick. I, it's either the Packers or the Browns, and you know, I'm doing for the yeah for the first time in my or the Cowboys. I already I picked, picked them the Cowboys against Miami. Yeah. Oh. I I mean, yeah, I still have the Patriots left, but we we can get into that uh, when we get there. This could be the the first game that Freddie Kitchens actually has a coaching advantage in. I think that that could be a nice. I think that's uh, a, a, nice I think it's a ridiculous Browns. thing to say. Yeah, it's a ridiculous. <laughs> think thing that's a ridiculous say. thing yeah. to say. Yeah, I do. I think I would rather have Kitchens and Fangio. I think right now, I'm not gonna lie. I wouldn't. And leave it at that. Fangio blew. They I think Fangio has at least proven that he knows how to coach one side I think of the Fangio's ball. Fangio is arguably yeah. the best 100%. defensive Definitely. mind in the NFL. What is Freddie Kitchens? What is his best quality? Huh? What is Freddie? Yeah, what is Freddie Kitchens' about- best quality? I know that Freddie Kitchens would put that game away against uh, Indianapolis oh, and not run really? and, and give Joe Flacco no reason. Really? Yes. So if Freddie Kitchens I mean, was coaching, a, they would have won the game. You think? They would have. They would have passed it. They wouldn't have. They wouldn't have given the ball back to the Colts. Okay. They would have passed it and gone for the first All down. Right. Whatever. Maybe that was a bad take. Let's move on to the Patriots Ravens, baby. Best. Best. Uh, best game of the week. Definitely the best game of the week. I think I think the Patriots. I got to pick the Patriots in this one, but I like the fact that this game is in uh, Baltimore. I always like it when they kind of put the a little bit of the underdog team at home in these primetime games to not make it such a, a lopsided affair, especially when it's the Patriots since they have such a ridiculous record at Gillette. Um, I mean, the Ravens are kind of a, a little bit of a week to week team. I mean, they've had high moments, but things just like losing to the Browns at home still stick out in my mind when I think about them. Again, to Lamar Jackson is having a, a very good year, but you know it, when the chips are down against the Patriots, are you really going to you know lead that game-winning drive? But my, I would assume no. And you know Bill Belichick is going to take away what you're best at, which is his you know athletic ability. So I don't think Lamar Jackson, whatever you know, the, maybe a player prop, whatever the the rushing yards for Lamar Jackson is. I mean, I would hit the under potentially, depending on what it is just because that's what that Patriots mentality is in terms of, of defense. I mean, their defense has been great all year. And uh, I just think that the Ravens don't have quite enough yet to, to pull this one off. But definitely also, you know, the Patriots' first real opponent of the year, first, uh, you know, big test. And I think that um, it'll be a close one for sure. I don't want to bet it either. Yeah, Clep, I, I think it's a pretty simple handicap. I think that, that Bill is going to dare Lamar to beat him with his arm, and if he beats him with his arm, then, you know, it hats off to Lamar Jackson, and I think that would that would show some, some serious growth. I think they're going to kind of take the same game plan that the Chargers did against uh, against 
Baltimore in the playoffs last year. And I think if if Lamar Jackson can beat the that Patriots defense with his arm, I will happily eat my my you know my my humble pie, and um, you know and and I'll, and I'll give props where it's due. But I I just think that the Patriots are. I think that the Patriots might be getting a little too much shade because their offense hasn't been playing, uh, you know, awesomely, and they've they, with the the opponents that they've played. But I think this is a great spot for the Patriots to just kind of remind the league of who they are. I will be betting on the Patriots. I think that three and a half, and I think it's supposedly supposed to go down to three. Uh, I think that's way too little for for the Pats, and uh, I'm expecting them to win. Um, you know. Relatively comfortably, I don't. I, you know, I'm not going to say super comfortably, but I, I expect the Patriots to really be in control of this game for for the majority of it. Um, the the thing that worries me about this game is that the you know John Harbaugh and the Ravens have had uh, Bill Belichick's number and the Patriots' number uh, historically. If anyone in this league has proven that they can compete with Bill Belichick toe to toe, it's it's John Harbaugh. Very excited to watch this game. Um, I will say just as a precursor. I really hope the Ravens don't win this game so that I don't have to hear all these media voices, the same people that are now saying Trubisky isn't good, that never said it before, that now they're going to start saying, Lamar Jackson, Patriot killer. Lamar Jackson is uh, on the same level as Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes. He's not. Even if he beats the Patriots, he's not on the same level. And I love Warren Sharp, but I, I, I guarantee you if the Ravens win this game, well, I'm, I'm not going to hear the end of it from his Twitter about how Lamar Jackson is an elite <laughs> NFL quarterback. I, I understand the traits he brings to the table. I think this is a spot where either the Patriots – I think two, either two things are going to happen. Either the Ravens are going to win this game outright or the Patriots are going to blow the doors off of them. I think those are the only two things that are going to happen. So I think the, the Ravens may be a live money line play if you can get them at a decent price. But Patriots minus three and a half seems kind of ridiculous to me. I think the Patriots run away with this one um, and, and end, up, end up winning this game by double digits in Baltimore. Like Tommy said, reminding uh, the NFL who they are. I think that if anyone's going to expose Lamar Jackson for who he is, it's Bill Belichick. Um, and, and I think hopefully that you know he can remind a lot of these talking heads out here that Lamar Jackson – is indeed a good quarterback. I'm not saying he's bad, but he's not on that upper echelon level, at least as a passer yet, to be even in the conversation with Mahomes and Watson. The uh, the Cowboys and Giants are playing on Monday Night Football, and it kind of surprises me that both Cowboys and Giants games will be done by Week 9, but here we are. Um, and the Cowboys beat them pretty comfortably in Week 1. Obviously, that's when Eli Manning was playing uh, – this one's in New York, Daniel Jones uh, under center this time, but I still see the Cowboys coming out on top here. The, the Giants aren't a very good team. I want Pat Shermer to be gone uh, after this year for them. I don't think he he was ever a really great hire for them. Um, and, and overall, the Giants are just somewhat unimpressive. I think their D-line is pretty good. Dalvin Tomlinson is a nice little player. But, uh, you know, again, they're trading, for Leonard, trading capital away for Leonard Williams when their defensive line is already probably the best part of their team. And you, but you don't, you don't even need a guy like Leonard Williams. You need a pass rusher for that defensive line. So kind of a bizarre move there again by Gettleman that can leave you scratching your head. And the honeymoon is over somewhat for Daniel Jones. I mean, the guy can make some throws. I think he's a definite uh, you know upgrade over Eli Manning. But I don't think you've seen quite yet that Wentz, Mahomes, or Watson type flash that you occasionally saw from those guys in their first few starts. I don't think you've really seen that from Daniel Jones yet. 
Yeah, Clep, I completely agree, man. Um, I think we're kind of seeing what Daniel Jones' ceiling is. I don't really think he's going to get much better than what he is right now. He's a, a bit of a plus athlete. He can make some nice throws, but he has trouble hanging on to the ball with his ball security, mm -hmm. and he's just kind of meddling. I, he doesn't really bring that much to the table. Uh, you know, <laughs> the trade for Leonard Williams is not really that bizarre if you follow Gettleman's <laughs> logic, which is the classic Connor Ryan, how much do they weigh and, and can they stop the run, basically. <laughs> and that basically is... That warrants enough to, to give up any draft capital. But, yeah, the Cowboys have had the Giants number for the past couple of years. Uh, I think they're really comfortable playing the Giants. I don't really – I don't fear the Giants at all. I mean, obviously, they got Saquon, Evan Ingram, Sterling Shepard. They have nice pieces on offense, and, and Daniel Jones can surely execute. But uh, I think the Cowboys are going to execute as well. Uh, I don't really, you know, fear the Giants at all. And if I had to lay anything, I would lay the seven with the Cowboys. First of all, don't slight our head of analytics department, Connor Ryan. I witnessed that dude use that logic – for three straight college football playoffs in a row, and he got every single pick right. So I'm, I'm going to defend him, step up and defend him a little bit there. This guy was picking aces in the, in the college football playoff with that logic, so I'm not going to shoot that down too quickly. And if you guys have noticed something, I haven't made my risky survivor pick of the week, and it is the New York Giants. Um, I think that the Dallas Cowboys are the type of team that has kind of had a roller coaster ride of a season so far, and... There might be something in the water in New York after they play the Jets. Um, I think this is a Cowboys team that is indeed good, but definitely susceptible to some uh, spots of inadequacy and failure. Um, I think Daniel Jones, just to touch on what you guys were saying, he's Eli Manning. Uh, he's, he's a young Eli Manning now who, you know, if he wins two Super Bowls, he'll end up being regarded as, you know, a pretty good quarterback. But if he doesn't, he's just going to be average. Um, and I think he's good enough to win games like this, quite honestly. I think the Giants can still compete. Um, I love that Sterling Shepard is coming back off of his injury. I'm a big Sterling Shepard guy. I like Sterling Shepard to get two touchdowns this weekend and the Giants to surprise the Cowboys at home. That's, that's a pure fantasy bias take. Just made it. Just made the take. So we'll, we'll see what happens. All right, let's go to our let's go to our parlays of the week here to wrap up the show. And I took a little advice from my man Lee Murray, going for a little surer bets uh, with a little less return. But I, I need a I need a hit real bad. Uh, and so this is my my three team parlay, putting nineteen dollars to win sixty one seventy one on the Texans minus one and a half. Even though I risky survived the, uh, the the Jags today. <laughs> <laughs> I made these I made these parlays on Tuesday at my work. So uh and then uh the Eagles on the money line and the Packers on the money line. So so three good teams, you know, to to bring it home for me. Yeah, I really like that Eagles Packers money line. I, I might have to jump on that with you as well. Um I definitely will be tweeting out my plays for uh upcoming plays that I haven't made yet, but right now all I've got is I got that Lions over twenty three and a half. Um, I, th I think that's going to be – I think that's a lock. And I do have a parlay of Lions, Colts, Eagles as well too. So I, I, I'm really liking that. I got 28 for 130 on that. So uh, a little bit of a low return, but I, uh, I think all three of those teams are better than their opponent and should win. But I will not be surprised if one of those fails. Um, I've got my, 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 my three favorites parlay. So I've got – they're all afternoon games. Um, well, I got one night game. It's the Browns minus three. The Packers, I bought down from three and a half to minus three, and the Patriots minus three, uh, twenty for ninety-eight. That's my uh, my threes parlay there. Three, three, three. Let's get a rule of threes. Lucky, lucky number winner here. 
And uh, j- just so you guys know as well, I, I'm sticking with my trend against uh, betting against my picks this week. Uh, I put the remaining $16.83 in my account on the Lions money line. So Let's go, Clint. Bad move. Yeah. <laughs> can't, can't, I don't know what to say, say for myself. I agree with that. It's just going to make it just gonna make it that much harder when the Lions lose by two points in Oakland. <laughs> am, am, I, uh, am I off my rocker for thinking that over 23 and a half is a lock? No, you should, you, should, you should lock that Whenever up. you say the word lock, I disregard what you're saying. That's just that, that's just my personal opinion. I don't like when people say lock. Is it a sauce lock, Tommy? Is it lock sauce? It's lock sauce. Okay. <laughs> it's lock sauce, just like Ohio State minus fourteen and a half was yeah, last yeah, weekend. Yeah. Yeah, fade man. in, fade in the weekly yeah. five, baby. <laughs> Sick, dude. Where's your article? Where, where's your article? Huh? I don't need where's your article? article. Tommy doesn't write. Tommy doesn't I turned, write. I turn. I turned thirty dollars into two fifty, baby. I'm wow, back. Wow, man! Congratulations. And it's gonna be back. And it's gonna be oh, back yes. to thirty in two weeks. Speaking of articles, I'm working on that first mock draft of the year, baby. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Henry Ruggs. Henry Ruggs. Oh, Jesus. He's fast. Henry Ooh. Ruggs. Best receiver be in there. Best, best receiver in, be in college football. He's pretty damn good. No, he's the best. He's going to run a 4-1. He's going to run a 4-2, actually. All right, boys. It was a pleasure. Always. Q-State Steve.